0: what's going on everybody it's that time again the ulcers podcast i think it's episode 145 145 post game edition post game edition 1:30 in the morning 137 (laughs) as we sit here which is actually much earlier than it should be we've been like multitasking and trying to work while doing we've been uploading videos uploading videos writing stories right now yeah i haven't even got to some other stuff the rap isn't even up yet which is weird they're doing the podcast without the rap being up kind of messing with my brain a little bit but we're doing it to get the podcast while we're still coherent somewhat at uh again 137 in the morning here at the stadium we're up in the t- we're actually in the tv booth this is where they do the tv broadcast we just took it over all soon are more important than that anyway so
1: bob costas over there josh callaway
0: <laughs> i don't know if bob costas has ever done a game at uh probably not at gaylor family keith maybe. jackson has maybe once upon a time keith jackson has, has sat in this booth Jackson and the all Sooners crew, one and the same. <laughs> one and the same. Oklahoma loses tonight. You know that. They lost 41-34 to to Kansas State. My undefeated season prediction is dead. It Three looks, game, it looks horrible. Now, go, Josh. I'm not going to make <laughs> any excuses because I said I, my prediction was wrong and I'll have to eat it and all that. This was the game, though, that was the hardest for me. And I even said that when I said I, if I was going to pick one game, it would be Kansas State. But I changed my mind and said they would win it. I wish I studied the other way. They lose to Kansas State tonight, forty-one to thirty-four. Stunning. You want to know something? Not saying that they lost, but the way they lost. This doesn't
1: look like a one-loss team. So right you now. won't get hung up on K-State. There might, there will be others that look like losses if they play like they played tonight.
0: It's the difference. What a difference of two weeks. I mean, two week or you know, uh, a week ago we were in the Lincoln, the three of us, and we're talking about how man they played basically perfect. Almost nothing went wrong. And you fast forward a week. guess a much better opponent. And I wouldn't say everything was a disaster or something like that. That would be a little overstating. But certainly nothing was – they lost this game because of every part of the – this was a team loss. It wasn't – offense was bad, defense was bad, coaching was bad. player. Everybody was just bad enough, basically, uh, to lose this game. Is that kind of how you guys feel about
2: it? Yeah, I mean, when you run down the list, if I had told you guys before the game Oklahoma was not going to turn the ball over, right – They're going to average 6.5 yards per carry. They were only going to give up one sack to this really good Kansas State defensive front. We all would have said, wow, Oklahoma's going to win this thing in a romp. And not only that, we are going to start recalibrating maybe our expectations for what this team could be. Instead, Oklahoma could not tackle Azure Martinez. Guy had four touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Oklahoma defense back to making mediocre quarterbacks look like Heisman contenders. Uh, Deuce Vaughn ran wild did everything he wanted uh, I said it in the rap that you'll see at some point but Isaiah Coe <laughs> was the only guy who was uh, willing to tackle Deuce Vaughn and he's the only he's the only person in the Big 12 I've ever seen say hey Deuce Vaughn's like 5-2 let me just ragdoll this guy right and uh, couldn't get off the field on third down Kansas State converted seven third down uh, attempts including the massive backbreaker the third and 16 that wasn't just a, a conversion it was a 55 yard like exclamation point from adrian martinez everything that could go wrong went wrong outside
1: of just dylan gabriel coughing the ball up a whole lot i saw a team commit 11 penalties tonight that has been really good at holding its water when it comes to penalties you know you saw all kinds of penalties too pre-snap late hits face masks so uh, a little bit of lack of discipline I think uh, Brent Venables said he was surprised by that. I talked to Deshaun White. He said he was surprised by the fact that these penalties were cropping up and there were mistakes. Dylan Gabriel, I'm sure, was surprised that he overthrew Drake Stoops twice on crucial, crucial downs. One would have been a 50-yard touchdown. The other one was a fourth-down conversion. Um, Penalty. What was the sequence? You, you uh, Fourth down, you line up to go for it, you fall start, you line up for a field goal, you fall start again, you're back 10 yards from where you were. That's not the Oklahoma team that we've seen to this point. Uh, so many mistakes, so many unforced errors. I mean, all credit to Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn and Chris Kleiman and his staff for having those guys ready. But Oklahoma wasn't ready for this stage tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean everything you guys said. I mean it's it it was jarring. Again, it kind of like I said, you know, just a minute ago. Not necessarily that they lost the game. You know, you buy that. I mean Kansas State is the OU kryptonite. Yep. You, you have to say that at this point. point five times since twenty twelve, which is like who you were saying you you that almost doesn't sound you know, right. That can't be right. But no, it, it is
1: five times in ten years and
0: three out of four. Three out of four in in recent history, K State. Since Chris Clyde. Owns OU. I mean, three out of four. That that's that's jarring. Um, not many teams can say they've ever beat OU three out of four. Just period in the history of the sport, basically. That's what Kansas State has done through the last four years. And but it, on top of all of that, what makes it surprising, you know, with all that removed, is the fact that it was so offensively driven for Kansas State. Adrian Martinez had three hundred four total yards passing coming into the game today, but he ended up with two. 40. 234. That's insane. That's insane. He almost doubled his yardage tonight. Yep. He was and averaging
1: 101 yards a game?
0: Yeah. He was running everywhere. Deuce Vaughn, OU's got no answer for him. That's just facts at this point. Three, three, this is three times now that he's really hurt him big time. So usually we start with offense. Let's, let's definitely start with defense tonight because, I mean, guy, this was bad. I, I don't know. I mean, Brett Venables didn't, didn't even try to sugarcoat it. He was, yep. like, he, words that he used, like you said, terrible. Horrible, um, horrific. I think I, I tweeted he said something along the lines of, I wasn't pleased with anything that the defense did tonight. I mean, he was. He laid it down. The defense was really bad. And you uh, gave up 41 points to an offense that's not very good and he scored just 10 last week against Tulane.
1: Who lost today.
0: Too late to turn around the last game. The transitive property is getting shredded <laughs> this year. That whole Georgia Oregon BYU Baylor, you get you get your head'll get spitting looking into that one. But
1: I got the sense, yeah, I got the sense Brent Venables was really confused. But but I'll give you this. Um, he you know, in the three games that we've we've talked to him after wins. He's kind of talked in circles a little bit, and he talks in um, generic terms and, and really broad kind of uh, a really broad kind of scope of, of uh, existential-type football things. He wasn't that tonight. He was not that at all. He was one-liners. He was cut to the bone, cut to the quick, immediately get to the point. Uh, he said he just used them like we said, words like horrific. Uh, I, there was a little bit of a clarity, I think. For Brent tonight, I think there was a little bit of clarity for the team that beating UTEP, beating Kent State, and beating uh, Nebraska and Lincoln looks pretty good on paper, but you get out here on the field against a team like Kansas State, and that all that stuff is thrown in the garbage. Nothing matters when you play a team like Kansas State. Uh, that, that is so fundamental at what they do. Uh, they said the players said they're the most physical team they face faced this year. Obviously, uh, yeah there was there's just I mean what else can you say? Uh, Brent Venables had no real answers other than he actually said the word "I'm pissed about all the stuff that happened out here on the field today. He's talking about penalties and you know self-inflicted wounds and things like that overthrown receivers and receivers that might have ran the wrong route. Uh, he was just real to the point about being unhappy and now it's, he said this win will not or this loss will not define us. But how we react to this loss will define us.
2: We were really poor on third down. It was just atrocious tackling, missed fits from the very beginning. We just looked very ill prepared. And again, that starts with us on coaches. Yeah. On other spots, he just said uh, that they couldn't get off the field on third down for a variety of reasons. Offense couldn't stay on the field. We were 4 of 13 on third down conversions offensively. That just shows it for you. And basically, he rolled through the Rolodex, right? Every time they tried to dial up pressure, no one hit. Like, no one got home. Oklahoma was not even really close to sacking Adrian Martina except for maybe one play that I remember. Felt like every time they dialed up a blitz, K-State had protection rolled over to that side. They read it like a book. Uh, and again, like you mentioned, a... Oklahoma finally gets some momentum and they let a special teams play happen. They they finally, okay, you, you're you down a touchdown. It's late in the fourth quarter. You finally get, coax, Kansas State to air the ball out with a big pass down the field which J.J. Martinez can't hit. He didn't hit any of them tonight, right? All of his big stuff was over the middle of the field, to tight ends or like underneath stuff where you didn't tackle. And then Justin Broyles has a pass interference. Stuff like that at the wrong third time. Down. Yeah, third down. It, it was well, extending drives, extending drives, uh and again no pass rush didn't adrian martinez when when they had him Brittman was talked about that you, you cage him in right there's a very specific technique to caging up a uh, mobile guy on the ground they didn't even get close it everything about this defense you thought through three weeks this was the exact opposite and i said it again in the rap different year, same crap for this oklahoma defense this looked like the oklahoma defense Brent Minable's defense that won RG3 a Heisman. This looked like Alex Grinch's defense that was hapless against Kansas State for three years. The worst of all of the last decade of Oklahoma defense showed itself tonight again?
0: Yeah, I mean, and was almost symbolic of the whole game, really, is, is right at the end there. They get that late score to make it 41-34. or 34-27, excuse me. And they're trying to get the ball back, and there's still time, and they get a penalty that helps them out, and there's a little glimmer little glimmer of hope, and they get him into third and 16. <laughs> third and 16! Um, you, you get a stop, you get the ball back, you have a shot, and Adrian Martinez scrambles for, what are the, what was that run to be? 55. 55 yards, right down at the goal line. Uh, that's pretty much... And he
1: slides to stay in bounds to keep the clock going.
0: Yeah. Smart. Smart play. Uh, yeah, didn't go into the end zone. He was at like a five, and he said, let me get down and save some time. and up scoring anyway, obviously, but he ended up using more clock down the road, but Man, it's it's hard to fathom. It's hard to believe that that's the same team that we saw and again. Yeah. Nebraska stinks. That's That's well documented. But they can move the ball. Casey Thompson is a uh, you know him and Adrian Martinez are about the same. I would I would probably take Casey Thompson if you gave me. I would too. Both of them
1: after tonight, not so much.
0: Yeah, and you turn around and, and this happens. It's it feels it, it's so weird because at one hand it feels like it came out of nowhere, but on the other hand it doesn't because it is K State and they always seem to just have OU's number. I don't know. It's hard to hard to know what to make of what an OU defense that had been so encouraging, you know, week week week. And uh, I mean, this is you know, I mean, they just had no answers tonight at all. I felt I somebody I can't remember if it was Eddie Ratto or somebody on the field. Reference this. This kind of fell at the Army game of eighteen in terms of that they just had no answer. It was just Deuce Vaughn, Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, Adrian Martinez. Was, yeah, Something same they could plays. Do. It was the same series right.
1: of plays right. that K State would run. Uh, Ryan and I were talking during the game. It looks like a little inside zone goes for seven yards. Another little inside go zone goes for eight yards. I thought this was a very common play in in uh, college football these days. Uh, what Kansas State was doing, maybe they blocked it up a little bit. I'm not trying to be a sit here and be a technician, uh, but uh, you, yeah, it was. The same thing over and over again, and they had no answers.
2: Well, I, guys, that like Sean White, David Igwebu, Danny Setsman, After the game, they're like they didn't surprise us with any looks that we hadn't seen. It wasn't like they were sitting on the playbook against Tulane, all that stuff. And it'll be interesting, right? Go to the website allstars Watch the Brent Venables post game. It's a very different post game than what you watched the last five years here in Norman, right? He was cutting at times in the criticism of both himself, the coaching staff, but the effort on the field, stuff like that. And you could tell, like, tonally, it was a different shift, right? I, after Brent Middles got done, I think I turned to Jerry Ramsey was sitting next to me and was like, well, that was different, right, from, yeah. from what you're used to seeing. That comes from the coaching staff, right? There's been so much talk about the leadership, the buy-in, all that stuff. This is what Deshaun White had to say after the game, and this is – in my opinion, everything that's been wrong with Oklahoma football for the last decade, 15 years, that arrogance that Bob Stoops let creep into the program to to the later years where you had the hinky, like, oh, he's going to lose one of these games, figure out which one it is. This is what Deshaun White said. Garrett Emig asked him, how different did Kansas State look tonight than what you saw on film against Tulane? Did they hide anything? This was Deshaun White's answer. Definitely not. They got the same. They're running the same things on film. It's just... I mean, they come to play Oklahoma. This is their Big 12 championship. This is their national championship every year. Like I said, we just got to execute better. And and the tone that he said it in, it was so like flippant. That's the problem. How many how many scrums have we been in the last three weeks? Like leading up to Nebraska, Jaden Davis probably said it five million times. We're gonna get everybody's game seven. We gotta match it. We're gonna get everyone's game seven. We gotta match it. You can't be that team and then come out with this attitude of, well, everyone wants to play Oklahoma. It's, the, it's their national championship. Okay, that's on you to go match that then. they There's still that somewhere in this locker room, and that's why stuff like this happens. And I it's going to take a lot of time to stamp that out, right? It's a lot of the same guys. I don't know how one coaching staff does it, but that's the problem. When you talk about leadership, it's you're going to have all the leadership you want. If that's going to be their attitude,
1: this is going to happen again. Yeah, it's going to happen again to a double-digit underdog. This was... About 12.5-point underdog, Kansas State. And what you're saying is right. They go into the week knowing, well, that team's going to play their best against us because we're Oklahoma. That's fine. Let them play their best against you because you're Oklahoma. What's your answer to that? What's your response to that? What are you going to do about that from your side, from your perspective? I don't, They used to talk about that. Stoops used to talk about that all the time. Well, everybody, they, we get everybody's best shot. Okay. How about your best shot? When, do you, when are you going to deliver somebody your best shot? Occasionally they would. Oftentimes they would slip up like we saw tonight. And a game filled with mistakes that we haven't seen yet. That's what I'm talking about. It's okay to slip up once in a while. It's not okay for everybody on the team to have glaring, massive mistakes like we saw tonight that leave the ball out there on the field instead of in the end zone. Or leave uh, guys laying on the ground while Deuce Vaughn is – Jitterbugging down the down the field, missing tackles. That kind of stuff can't happen en masse like we saw it tonight.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the mistakes because that that segues right into offense where there was a lot of mistakes. Because I said this in the rap also. On on paper, you know, in the box score, probably, if you didn't watch this game, which everybody watching us did, but you know, the casual fan, you're probably gonna look at the box score and say. Oklahoma was fine on offense. offense I the issue. Yards, right? Look at the yards. Look at Dylan Gabriel, 26 of 39, 330 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh, lots of different guys caught passes successfully. I mean, Gray, Farouk, Willis, Mims, all those guys had four or more catches. We had a few big catches as well. Gray ran the ball incredibly well, over seven yards a carry. So did Gabriel, actually scrambling out and stuff like that. On paper, the offense was fantastic. But if you watch this game, you know. The penalties derailed a lot of drives, especially in the second half when they were trying to go tie the game or at least move closer or even take the lead in some places. And there were just missed chances for big plays. The, the most glaring, that Dylan Gabriel with Drake Stoop that's going to haunt him. Yeah. How could it not? Um, Drake Stoops is all alone. I mean, he walks in for a touchdown if you just put it anywhere near him. Uh, Drake Stoops, who's not a very demonstrative guy, after that throw was missed, he he wanted to spike his helmet. He was like, I was walking in for a touchdown, and if you put it anywhere near me, he threw
1: up a surrender Cobra. Yeah, the ball going over. Great
0: picture. I saw that. Uh, you All threw sure that on the. the yeah, great, great, great photo. But KJ, KJ, KJ but, Rush. but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of that tonight, and uh, again, especially on the offensive side. Even though they put up a, a fine point total, fine yard, didn't turn it over. But the opportunities were there to go win this game, and it just didn't happen. It was something that Jeff Levy talked a lot about yeah. in uh, his post game.
1: And the the fourth down in completion of Stoops, where he's again wide open. Yeah, that was a just big one. Misses him wide. I mean, it's like he was sitting down in the zone, or there's a miscommunication or something. It's one of those things where the receiver was stopping, or and Dylan Gabriel threw it on the on the line and was like, oh, I thought you were still going. I thought I was stopping. Just some kind of miscommunication because. The balls that he was throwing tonight were, some of them, were so far off. And, you know, Brent Venable said, Dylan Gabriel played good enough for us to win tonight. Which is probably true. Probably true. Uh, The point is, maybe Stoops did break the route off too soon. We don't know. Uh, They'll look at film. They'll decide who did what. Uh, Jeff Lebby will break it down. The go route, um, was there something like, did he get held up on the break? Did he slip? You know, I don't know. Again... Watch film and and we'll find out. We'll watch the replays and we'll find out. We're just doing this certified fresh right after the game. So we're trying to figure it out. Right, haven't
0: seen any highlights or anything.
1: Yeah. So uh, it just makes you wonder if Brent is sticking up so much for his quarterback. And his quarterback, is Dylan actually said, I would argue that I didn't play good mm. enough to win tonight. So, uh, interesting dichotomy there in the post-game press conference. Well,
2: I think Brent Vendables is – well, we know this. Brent Vendables is a defensive coordinator, right, at heart, defensive guy, and he is livid at how his defense plays. He's yeah. broken
0: up and they gave a 41. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm sorry. 500 yards. You're the quarterback <laughs> at Oklahoma. If you're not thrown into tight windows over the middle of the field, that's one thing. You can't keep missing these balls. Marvin Mims was wide open, wide open. No, sorry, it was Jaleel Farouk. In Lincoln. Missed that. Jalil Fruit was wide open against Kent State. Missed that. Didn't even throw that football because he didn't see it. Drake Stoops, you have to make those plays if you're going to be the quarterback of Oklahoma. That's what you have to do. If you want to you put your name up there alongside the dudes that have statues outside the stadium, all that stuff, you have to be able to make those simple plays. Jeff Levy schemes those up. This is a really good Kansas State defense. If you're not going to take advantage of those plays, what are you gonna get? Like the offensive line gave you all the time you needed, and that's been for me the weakness of the offense so far. The weakness of the offense today was Dylan Gabriel. He missed massive plays, all this procedural stuff. He's supposed to be the guy, right? He's supposed to be the technician on the field. That's he's the extension of the coaching staff, all this stuff. They continue to have procedural stuff lining up at home specifically. Like all that's on him. And uh jumping off sides or sorry, false starts like Anton Harris on the field goal, that's not a Dylan Gabriel thing. But if you're going to be that guy, like you've got to go out there and, and be the quarterback of Oklahoma. You haven't seen it yet. D- this team has won three games with Dylan Gabriel kind of in second gear, which is fine, because you're played two group of five teams and a Nebraska team that quit the second that Dylan Gabriel ran 61 yards.
1: <laughs> so yeah, he, he's not Baker Mayfield. He's not Kyler Murray. He's got to be that guy, though, That the, and as he using his words, the team the guy that the teammate, his teammates look up to and the guy that his teammates um, respect and gravitate to, however he phrased it, he didn't feel like he was that tonight. Uh, I think he thinks he let the team down. He th- he let, him, let himself down. He let down the legacy, all that stuff. Uh, he let down Hawaii. You know what I mean? I mean, he just walks out of this game at night feeling awful about those passes he missed. Uh, having said all that, if you don't buy the Dylan Gabriel – uh, what I'm what I'm sitting here saying about him, it's not hype. Uh, it's leftovers, I guess. I don't know. Stay off social media, because the stuff that I saw just waiting for Venable's tonight and to come into the interview room was vicious. Dil- Dylan Gabriel needs to stay off social media. Um, he's not the guy. Uh, he the experiment has failed. Uh, all kind of just that's the nice stuff. Those are the ones that I came up with that were nice.
0: Well, I was, I was going to say how that's much? Bad. How much does this feel like? It's funny. It's time is a flat circle. How much does this feel like? One year ago, basically, exactly, almost because it was the fourth game of the year last year. Whenever Oklahoma plays West Virginia, night game. Then they won that game, but they scored sixteen points, and uh, that's when the you know we want Caleb Chance started with Spencer Rattler. Where where Spencer Rattler? He was not the problem. Or not the not the sole problem of why that offense was not very good, but he was not making any. He wasn't playing well. He wasn't. He wasn't doing himself or the team any favors either. Feels very similar. I mean, it does. there's a lot. There's, they didn't lose this game because of Dylan Gabriel, but
1: he didn't do anything to win it. Yeah, exactly. No, he, he didn't do yeah. enough to win it for him. That's the way I look yeah. at the it. Yeah, the big difference. There is calls that, for Davis Bevel. Wow, you know <laughs> those. That's are, something else. We see Davis Bevel
0: throw what two passes? Oh. All you fans, and I think most sane OU fans know this already. There is not another option on this roster. There's not. Caleb Williams ain't walking through that door. There is not another option on this roster. I promise you, there is not. Um, I'm not just trying to dump on the other quarterbacks, but Dylan Gabriel is far and away the best quarterback on the roster right now, and the most ready to play games. People so. are talking
1: about the transfer portal right now. Like getting somebody out of the portal, bringing them into Oklahoma, and having them start next week against TCU. I stress that's that a lot. That's
0: what I saw tonight. In the summer, I stress that a lot. And we talked about it a lot leading up to season. Keep this dude healthy because there you don't have any other options. So right. I promise you, Benjamin Gabriel is not going to happen. And I don't even know what it would take. He'd have to do like nine picks. And he hasn't thrown any. He hasn't turned the ball over yeah. once. Well, I,
2: that's kind of – first off, we didn't have the student section pumping any of that. But the, the difference between like the Rattler situation, right, and this is that the line was there for you tonight. Right? The, the O-line played well enough for you to be there. Your receivers are getting separation. What Oklahoma fans are asking Dylan Gabriel to do is hit Drake Stoops when he's wide open already behind the defense. That's right. That's what he didn't do. What they asked him to do was hit Drake Stoops on a five-yard pass when he's got that little out for a first down. That's what he didn't do. He didn't hit Marvin Mims. There, he threw a 50-50 ball up toward Mims. That, that was the closest thing to an interception. kind of hit off Mims' bicep. Uh, that was in the second quarter. I think so. Yeah, uh, first quarter. It was coming coming down toward the north end zone. Then the fourth quarter, there was the ball that uh, he just overthrew Marvin Mims that would have been a not a touchdown like the Drake Stoops thing, but it would have been a big play. Marvin Mims was open. like He's had the protection. The receivers are open. The running game was working tonight because Jeff Levy was very intelligent and said we're just going to run at the perimeter and hit you with a few runs back in between the tackles just to keep you honest. The misplays on offense – were squarely on Dylan Gabriel. There weren't too many of them, but they were crucial. Four or
1: five, four or five that would have swung the the, the balance of this game for sure. Especially the long one that Stoops. Uh, that's a t- that's tying it up right there. That's a touchdown.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and it changes the complexion of the second half too because that opening drive in the second half, which was derailed by a holding penalty on Chris Murray, then a false start stuff like that. Which that's not on Gabriel, but. Suddenly, you go from Oklahoma's in a hole to that was for Oklahoma to go take the lead. If one of those things happen, maybe they're a little bit more settled in. Maybe the offensive line doesn't have a few of those procedural penalties because they're settled. All of a sudden, you're up. If you get a stop. Then Kansas State has to throw the ball in one. Not that it mattered because the OU defense couldn't do anything right tonight. But it, it that stuff like that changed the complexion of the game. The plays that were there to be had were on Dylan Gabriel.
1: Like right, aside right. from this being Kansas State Super Bowl every year, <laughs> right? Uh, do you think do you get the sense that Oklahoma plays tight against these guys?
0: Maybe. I don't know. It's different. It's working as it's different guides. Well, you know, this, is, it's, this is like a whole different roster. This transcends. This transcends Forty, coaches. 40% of the
1: staff. roster never played in a Sooner uniform before. Is that what we were talking
0: yeah. yeah. Something to that uh, yeah. Yeah. extent. Yeah, I don't know. I don't different know. Coaching they coaching staff. Something that is clearly, clearly an issue, and Jeff Levy stated as much, is the star, is getting off to better starts. I mean, you can't – and I, I thought that too. Even if they found a way to win tonight, I, I distinctly thought I need to bring this up later. You cannot get down a touchdown, two scorers – not have any offense in the first quarter. Like you can't do that every week and win that way. They did it obviously against Kent State. Didn't score until right before halftime. Nebraska wasn't that severe, but still you went down seven nothing. Had a nothing first drive. You did it again tonight fourteen nothing with a couple of empty drives. I mean you're 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 not going to consistently win, especially against good teams doing that. And Jeff, let acknowledged that. I don't know what they got to do to get off to a better start. It's like the Lincoln Raleigh third third quarter issue has moved into the start of the game yeah. basically.
1: Those uh, those offensive, the Oklahoma offensive possessions too were just shocking, shockingly short. 109, 106, 52, 52 seconds. Uh, 120, 109, hey, 328 and they got a field goal out of that one. Uh, 318 and they got another field goal out of that one. Those were the longest possessions of the night and they got field goals. Uh, then they put together a 324 at the end and a 123 to score those last two <coughs> to Braden Willis. Uh, great game by Braden Willis, by the way. But um, I mean, tempo, 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 which is what we were told all through August, right? Tempo, tempo, tempo. Tempo might be a, a firecracker in your hand. You know, you think you're gonna throw it, that thing goes off, all of a sudden you're missing some fingers. That's what tempo is doing to this team, at least early on in games. They're, they're able to come back and slow it down and do some different things in the second half and third quarter and that kind of thing. But early on in games, it's blowing up in their face.
2: Uh, you asked to, uh, this is Oklahoma team playing tight, especially against K-State. I'm not sure, but a ton of credit to Chris Kleiman and that staff and what they did. They go out there and they win the toss, and what do they do? They don't defer. They say, you know what, we want to receive, because they know if that first drive goes according to plan for them, you're probably putting a touchdown on the board because that's what right. Kansas State has done. It feels like every year against Oklahoma since Kleiman got there, specifically. And then Oklahoma has... Two first or a first down in two plays right on their first drive, and that's when the negative plays start happening. And then they know, okay, if you just force one stop, it's going to snowball. And now, suddenly Oklahoma's 14 points behind. I think that uh, while Oklahoma may not play tight, that's what Kansas State has all that confidence that they're going to do against this Oklahoma team because that's. Everyone on that roster, it's only the success that they've known against the Oklahoma defense is that we're just going to gash them, gash them, gash them, and, and and they're not physical enough in the run game. And that's something that Brett Venable is setting in tonight is that for all the talk about physicality,
0: toughness, Schmidty built, they weren't physical enough at, at any point this evening. On the bright side, ran the ball very well again. Uh, Eric Gray, um, yeah, that guy's running back one. I think he, he, he reclaimed that. There was a little teetering publicly, never within the team. Jeff Levy's been very consistent in that. Um, but he, he's balling them. last couple of games, and he he tried to almost will them back in this game himself, especially in that third quarter. They came out of the locker room and just were feeding him. You almost feel like you need to give him the ball more. What did he end up? He ended up at 16 carries for 114, yeah, longest yeah. long as it's 25. It's almost like, man, you're going seven yards a carry, Ride him some more, and all that. That might seem a little silly, especially at times. It seems like he gets a little run happy, but he threw it more than he ran it tonight. Talking about Jeff Lebby, Eric Gray is is kind of getting what he wants. That that's the biggest bright spot right now, at least offensively for, sure. for me.
1: And if you add Marcus Majors' carries in there, it's uh, twenty five carries for one hundred fifty one yards. That's what you would want out of your, yeah, you know, all American type running back. Those are the kind of numbers. So I think it's a good balance right now. Um, I think Major could get a few more carries. I think. Uh, Eric Gray could get a few more carries Uh, but if you do that then you're taking away from your your quarterback who before tonight what was his high like 25 pass attempts in a game in his first three games it's not very much Uh, tonight he threw the ball 39 times there's a reason for that they were behind the whole fourth quarter but Mm -hmm. yeah four touchdowns for Dylan Gabriel 500 or 330 yards I mean looked like a good statistical game like Josh was saying but if you can't uh if you can't sustain that because of you're behind the chains because of penalties early in early in possessions uh that's gonna that's gonna wreck whatever game plan you have and i know jeff levy probably didn't count on going out there today running that tempo on second and 15 because somebody jumped off sides you know to be fair
2: yeah and If you're looking for bright sides of the run game, too, Oklahoma's offensive line gave you what you wanted. We mentioned it. Only gave up one sack. Only gave up one quarterback hurry. This is a really good Kansas State defensive line. Dylan Gabriel wasn't running for his life. There are two or three plays where he's kind of having to evade the pocket. Guess what? That's football, right? Like, against even a bad defense, you're going to have two or three plays where Gabriel has to flush out of the pocket, do anything like that. So the line looks like it's come together, and this is an Oklahoma team that, again, if they take their chances, they could have easily matched the forty points on the board, right? Against a really good Kansas State defense. The other side of that though is that when it's all self-inflicted, or most of it self-inflicted, it's self-inflicted stuff that, like, we've seen hints of false started false starts through the first mm-hmm. two games, not in Lincoln. We've seen hints of Dylan Gabriel missing a touchdown pass a game, just about. He's just about averaging, missing, leaving a touchdown a game on the field. Yeah. We've seen hints of uh, the defense having, there is, uh, you had a roughing the passer in game one. You had a targeting last game against Nebraska for Sean White. You got a couple of crucial stuff. Like, okay, that's all fixable, but you're a fourth of the way through the season, a third of the way through the season, and it hasn't been fixed yet. So, yeah.
1: really all cropped up tonight. Yeah. All the little things that they've been doing wrong uh, in games leading up to tonight, it all happened tonight. It all manifested. So, that's what's really frustrating for Venables.
0: Well, I guess I'll ask the same question I asked on the wrap, which will be on AllSooners.com at some point uh, in this wee hours of the night here. Where do they go from here in terms of just so everything was so great the first few weeks, right? I mean, they bounced back. That Kent State game, yeah, the first half was ugly, but they finished so strong. You know, people kind of throw that away. They kill Nebraska, and you come and do this, where it's not like we've seen OU play worse on this field even just last year than what they did tonight. But you lose at home; it's not good. The defense struggles a lot. What it, you know, obviously, and it is true. It's completely cliche, but it is true in that everything they could hope to accomplish is still completely in front of them. I mean, you can still obviously one loss is not going to sink you in anything, winning the Big Twelve, even making the playoff or any of that stuff. But where do they go from here in terms of they got TCU next week, and then you got Texas, and then you have a Kansas team that is weirdly good apparently. Um, there's nobody in the Big 12 that right now is... I would. I don't know if anybody in the Big 12 is bad. Everybody, I mean, everyone in the Big 12 looks at least reasonable like you reasonably good. Everybody's a tough out. Everybody, there's no gimme game. Even Kansas, I mean, West Virginia I thought was maybe that team. Not that West, not Virginia Tech is any good, but they go into Blacksburg and just crush them on Thursday, so Big 12 is pretty deep and more balanced than maybe it's ever been, at least recently. Where does Oklahoma go from here? What do they have to do to, to button this up? Is it can it can it be fixed? Like we were talking about, is it actually fixable, or is this serious problems and this team's going to lose a few more games?
1: Uh, it can be fixed, yes. Will it be fixed? I think they're going to lose a few more games. What I saw tonight would lead me to believe they're going to lose a few more games. Uh, not sure who to. Uh, Texas sure looked silly today, didn't they? Um, I, I Baylor like still that. really good. Oklahoma State. Baylor goes on the road, and beats Iowa State fairly yeah. emphatically I had to hold on at the very end but it was it, they had a two, two score lead at the in the fourth quarter right. um, there yeah where do they go they go to practice on Monday go to the <laughs> film room and they break down all the things that went wrong and they go back out on a Tuesday and try to work on those things that's what that's where they go next after that it's TCU on Saturday 11 a.m kickoff we found out tonight 11 am sweet kickoff. At, at least the big 12 posted <laughs> on its Weekly schedule: eleven a.m. kickoff. I didn't, I didn't ever see the announcement, but they posted eleven a.m. So um, that's a tricky one. Are, are they in between quarterbacks right now? Duggan had a big game today, beating SMU. But uh, is Chandler Morris supposed to be back about right now? For yeah, Yoke, I don't know what's possibly, going out their quarterback so spot. Yeah, it's uh, that could get tricky. It's down there, in Fort Worth. So yeah, where do they go next, Josh? Practice on Monday, Fort Worth on Saturday, and go from there one game at a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lousy, lame way of saying it, but that's what this team, that's what we found out tonight that this team has to approach.
2: Yeah, I, I think you saw that they've got, like, the margin of error that's usually there by just virtue of being more talented or having the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, all that stuff. Not there, right? Um, the offense has shown you that it can be explosive. It's also shown you that uh, it's more than willing to take one of the roughneck shotguns and just shoot off both feet. And uh, so they've, they've got to be a team that this Oklahoma team, if they want to make it back to Arlington, which is a huge, like, ask coming out of this game, right? Yeah, a lot of work, too. they gotta, they got to live at four to five penalties max a game. They've got to live with this zero or one turnovers, right? And the defense is going to have to find some way, somehow, to tackle, to fit the run, all that stuff. Like, the defense has got a long way to go, uh, because now the question becomes, how many times the last decade have we seen they're fine, they're fine, they're fine, they have one bad performance, then mentally they can't pull it back out of the ditch, right? And then it, they just become, it, it becomes a month of bad defensive football. So that's going to be the big test, I think, for Brent Venables and this coaching staff is, OK, you did a great job rebuilding the confidence in that group before spring ball was even over, all that stuff. They just put a stinker out there. Are they able to get past it? Are they able to to find a way to come back and play to the level they were playing for the first three weeks? No, by the way, you have to stamp out that crappy attitude that sorry to Sean White, he just happened to be the name attached to it with your, well, that's their national championship. Okay, you need to have some sort of give a rip yourself and match that intensity. It's something Oklahoma didn't do tonight.
0: Boy, I'm just like replaying the game in my head. And that, that last drive too. Uh, not the very last drive, but the drive that I referenced over the 3rd and 16. remember earlier in that drive, had the dump off the Deuce Vaughn, and the, it's not the pretty dump on Deshaun White. He actually played pretty well, I thought, overall. And he played great last week before he got ejected. Um, he's got Deuce Vaughn to rights. Would have been a big loss. Yeah. Would have set up a 3rd and long. And just, just wh- like you said, he just whiffed. It was kind of like... That was kind of the night, right there. Like uh, they were, there was it was right there for you to make a big I play. I think do it. we
1: made the point in our set Friday and Saturday coverage that Oklahoma needed to play great on special teams or at least draw even on special teams. They did not. They drew drew even on the two field goals. Both teams kicked two field goals. Uh, three of Michael Turk's five punts were touchbacks. Okay, that's a little bit of a draw. Trayvon West, right here, yep. kind of had a chance to pin him. Yep, and yep, yep, And then uh, the uh, the the punt return or the kickoff returns. Malik Knowles takes his fifty-eight. Eric Gray takes his 10. I was just looking at that. That's that hidden yardage Brent Bennell was talking about on Tuesday, that Kansas State excels at. They, they, they're going to beat you on special teams, and then they're going to try and draw even on offense and defense, and that's exactly what happened tonight. K-State wins by seven. Other than when
0: Knowles Fair caught it like the five. Yeah. That was weird.
2: Well, I was going to say, not to mention that Billy Bowman had a really nice kickoff return, and Braden Willis, who's been maybe the most reliable player on this team through four weeks, Brain Willis is the one that was called for the yeah. the holding flag that, that basically erased a you went from Billy Bowman really having a good um, kickoff return to yeah. now Oklahoma starting from like their own ten yard line.
1: It was Billy Bowman, not Eric Gray. I think I said Eric Gray, right? Yeah. So yeah Billy Bowman, thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean You don't like, you
1: don't spring that though without that holding penalty apparently.
0: True. It ties it ties back to what we said at the very beginning, which was, you know, and they're playing the highlights right here above us, far right, as we're talking on uh, ESPN. It, it, team loss. Team loss, exactly. That's where I was going. I mean, special teams didn't left something to be desired tonight. Defense, obviously. Um, but the defense, even as bad as defense was tonight, and it was bad, it gave the offense multiple chances in that second half to, okay, here's your chance, go 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 score and tie this thing up or whatever, and the, the offense couldn't oblige. And, and Brent Venables really said it perfectly in postgame um, where he talked about here we were all we talked about complimentary football, and tonight, you know, we couldn't couldn't pick up one side couldn't pick up for the other all game long. It really is. It couldn't be much different than that Nebraska game. I mean, one week ago we were in the press box there in Lincoln uh, <laughs> saying the exact opposite of everything we just said, basically. Six and
1: five at Oklahoma over the last 30 seasons. Best record of any team during this.
0: They're above 500 in well, Norman? That's insane. The, uh, 30, the last 30, yeah, seasons. the other stats up there. What a only, mind blower.
2: Only team to win consecutive trips to Norman. They've done it twice, 2012,
0: 2014. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 2020, 2022. Kansas State, man, again, it, it spans coaches, obviously lots of players, venues. It doesn't matter at all. Kansas State just has the secret sauce hey, to beat Oklahoma. Eric Gray put his thumb on it on Tuesday.
2: Eric Gray was like, this has been a great rivalry, one of those things. That That's how Eric Gray
0: sees it as a big rivalry game. I'm, I'm starting to question how last year's team, with all their warts, winning in Manhattan and won. How did that happen? Well, it was a –
2: save the late kickoff return, it was like a comfortable two touchdowns. Yeah, pretty comfy one. We yeah. had all of our stuff written and then – Rattler played well. Yeah, and then I looked to Hoove and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> got to rewrite this thing. Do the, the it. Big, the big black mark last year was that Caleb Williams couldn't catch a snap.
0: Right. Man, that was before we really got into the meat of last year. <laughs> last year was insane. Um, do we want to do players of the game? Uh, yeah, Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez. <laughs> and and <do> he's <laughs> Yeah. Adrian Martinez, Adrian Martinez balled out. Um, uh, I saw somebody say on Twitter
1: that uh, David Aguebu was just a warm body. He had 15 tackles tonight. Yeah. They ran at him a lot. I'm he took that. a lot of bad angles, too. He did take a lot of bad angles. But everybody did. Oh, we were just watching yeah. that Adrian Martinez, 55-yarder. Uh, DJ Graham was on the field, missed. Deshaun White was on the field, missed. Uh,
0: th- three or four other guys. Uh, had their had their hands on him and missed. Fifteen tackles is a lot. The inability to ever get a sack tonight really was really glaring. Yeah. It felt like, man, they could just get him behind the chains at least so once. So,
1: you remember Colin Schley stepped out of the back of the end zone or he would have avoided that safety uh, yeah. like a couple of times last week, like four times, uh, Casey Thompson escaped and got out. And I think the backup quarterback that came in, uh, Chubba Purdy, came in and escaped a couple of sacks. This Again, this is something that we've seen over the previous games, that a, a quarterback, you know, yes, Oklahoma leads the nation in t- tackles for loss, and they're up there top ten in sacks, but they're leaving so much out there on the field, and they did it against Kent State, they did it against Nebraska, and now they've done it to their detriment against Kansas State.
0: What do we think of the uh... – The very bold decision to do the light show on the Braden Willis touchdown with like 30 seconds left. I
1: thought they were going to come back. Not that time. (laughs) I'm talking about just the. the 158. uh, No, it was third and 16. Third and 16. And K State calls timeout, and Martinez takes off. Before that play, they did the the LEDs and everybody got their phones out. It was it was so as cool. loud as it's that ever was, been. That was that I've
0: been energetic. I whenever they picked up, that, that makes it even more tough. Is that the crowd was fantastic
1: and he just came out and said, "Nah, don't care, I'm, I'm out of here." The crowd was, was tremendous.
0: Uh, the atmosphere was really really good from yep. the start. And yeah, well, to your point, in that break, to timeout, like I said, about two minutes left, third and sixteen, they were doing the lights during that whole break. I don't know how much of that was on the broadcast they were doing that lights that whole break, and the crowd was just going nuts that whole time. Just, we're going to get this stop, we're going to get the ball back, and, and then you, you let them go for 55. It's really just – That kind of, phone flashlights come out. It was impressive. It, it was. It was as, as good of an OU home atmosphere in, in a while. Adrian,
1: Adrian Peterson. Adrian
0: Martinez was more impressive.
1: When do you think it's going to hit this
0: defense
2: that on Selman Brothers Day, the day that the Selman Brothers statues oh, unveiled, they, threw up they, put, they put an absolute laugher out there.
0: I still I, we overlooked it, but I, they did the light show thing when they score with 30 seconds left, and again those. Do you realize the insanity of that? I was like, no way they do the lights here, and they did the lights. Let's
2: go
1: get this on. It was like again.
0: flashing lights in a half-full stadium well, with players that weren't even excited about the yeah. touchdown because the game was essentially over. Well, we we know it was, it was sort of, tough. It was a tough scene. Sources: These lights were not easy to get here. They've been working on that for a bit. <laughs>
2: Doesn't matter if it's kickoff. Doesn't matter if it's the light show in between the third and fourth quarter. Doesn't matter if it's a garbage time touchdown that only serves to make the box score look better for uh, everyone that was sifting through trying to find the uh, late night Pac-12 stream. Uh, you got to use those things if you're going to spring for them.
1: Also, they don't have colors yet available. I was told that in the story that I did this week <laughs> on the LED. I wonder where the As red is. Right now, it's just white, white lights. I wonder where the red is, yep. like. Georgia's got red on theirs Supply chain Supply chain That's it The red bulbs are out So are the alternates Oh yeah that too Yeah that whole concept Did you think they were Going to have them tonight No Okay that's why we never had a story on it. Well, but you had the story ready to go, right? Well, for the, th- the throwbacks. For the throwbacks. We, we talked about right? that on yeah. the midweek
0: show. We, like, there wasn't, wasn't going to be a new alternate this week. Okay. Right. That's, Ryan, what, that's what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, Ryan and I both from completely separately had heard a lot about wearing throwbacks this week. And it didn't happen, obviously. They even tweeted earlier. Did you notice how the OU football kind of tweeted? What did they tweet? They tweeted like, like cl- classic, classic threads, threads or, or something whatever. like that. They almost like acknowledged the rumors that <laughs> yep. they were going to wear something. Yep. I think they may have pivoted. I think there was so much buzz that they said, we'll show you talking about our uniform. Because I had heard from really strong that they were going to wear alternate, that not alternates, well, but throwbacks. On, I was going to say, on the bright side, Kansas State brought tearaway jerseys, it looked like.
2: <laughs> yeah, so the they, they, they were honoring the Salmon brothers yeah. by uh, just running away from uh, tacklers that just thought that putting a handout was going to be good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe throwbacks to the Salmon brothers days the salmon era would have been good for tonight maybe that would have made them play like k-state as their super bowl that's what needs to happen they need to get kansas state and look at kansas state like well this is our super bowl guys we might not win another game all year but if we beat k-state that's our super bowl that's what needs to happen Ryan.
0: yeah clearly maybe they'll get another crack out of it arlington who knows we'll have to see how the season shakes out Ooh, this team's got a long way to go to get to arlington i you know as of it sits today... We like can drive by it next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. We'll get twice. Uh, Texas the week after, we get to just burn up that uh, down to DFW. That Paul's Valley area where it goes into one lane <laughs> is the worst. Are you dreading it? Seriously, it's the absolute worst. I'll be doing it in the dead of the night because it's another 11 a.m. Sweet. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, not as bad as last week, but it'll still be tough. And then Texas at 11 a.m. also, I assume, hasn't announced yet, but, you know, whatever. Um... That's all I got. Any final thoughts on this one? I mean, we've, we've talked about obviously, at length here. No. Uh, my read the main thing. the Selman
1: story, it was pretty, pretty cool to cover that. Yeah. It was cool.
0: Yeah. Definitely do that. Lots there for you in All Sooners. Yeah. All I got is uh, Kansas State's got the juice. Never bet against Kansas <laughs> State against OU, apparently. Three out of four. It's crazy. Uh, That's the crazy two in a row here in Norman. So, allsooners.com. Place to be. Reaction from all the coaches and players a wrap that we alluded to, as well as game stories from these guys, game highlights, more stuff than that. Allstoners.com, I'm tired. It's 2.23 a.m., which, again, is not as bad as it could have been. I still think the Bedlam one last year was later than this. <laughs> yeah. It was really late in Stillwater. The
1: OSU people were still in the press box waiting for us they to
0: They were yeah, just not like, like it. Like, OU people, the, o, the OU staff, they just leave. They the yeah, they're just like, wrap. But OSU, I guess they have to stay. We don't need
1: supervision here. We need supervision in Stillwater. Bedlam. Yeah, they were
0: shooting us daggers. <laughs> uh, I think Baylor was the same. Didn't they have somebody wait with us, too? I can't remember. I think so. Um. Well, that was... We'll Be- find out, yeah, next week, TCU. Well,
2: Baylor's rolling through. Well, that was the week that Texas Tech attempted, like, the ass-nine, like, 70-yard field goal to win it or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. it, like it felt like... And, we're, and we were all just sitting up there in the press percent. box just like, just like, okay, I understand that you want us to leave, but look at how long a field goal yeah. Tech is about it to roll out like the, uh,
0: the Lane Kiffin, Sebastian Janikowski. And, <laughs> like, his own 30. <laughs> 30. <laughs> Man. Um... <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know what else to say. We're rambling at this point. I'm tired, and uh, Oklahoma loses. So thank you if you found us. Um, yeah, shout-out to the the guy who said he would listen to the post-game show on the way out. Didn't catch his name, but thanks for listening. I got one on the way in. Shout-out to that guy, too. What's up? I had a uh, – I didn't ever tell you guys. The opener um, against uh, whoever they played, UTEP, uh, I had a security guy stop me. It was like, we Josh Calloway? I was like, yes. He's like, I love your guys' work. <laughs> yes. I was like, well, thank you. Sure. Thank you. Uh, Maybe that's why they just leave us because the security's like, no, no, no. They're
2: like, leave them. i got to listen to the <laughs> pod tomorrow morning.
0: We're not just talking to the void, which is nice to know uh, from time to time. Our Nebraska post game podcast, you would know better than me, but I think it was like the most viewed on YouTube I would ever seen. Ever yeah, before. it was a big one. It was a big one. So I appreciate everybody who finds us. Um, tell your friends about us. Um, we're the hardest working bunch out there, guys. We're the last ones in the stadium every week. That should not go overlooked, um, as we just churn through all our videos and everything else. But we do it because we—it's a labor
2: of love. Well, shoot, it's two twenty-five. I still got the story that's going to be up on the site at seven a.m. and two more
0: post games to put in. So I'm not leaving it here until like three thirty. I gotta edit the wrap still, which I'll do. I, I was editing highlights during this entire show. So I was—I was working, um, multitasking. So that's it. We'll get out of here. Thank you so much for watching. Again, um, listening. tons of and listening. Of course, I get used to the post game since we're actually sitting here in front of a camera. I just think of it purely as a video part. You know it actually is literally a podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. However you find us, um, we'll be back obviously on Wednesday normal time. Um, wrapping up our final thoughts on this one after we get to rewatch and stuff like that, and of course wrapping up the Brent Venables press conference and the player abilities, all that good stuff, and uh, looking ahead to next week, which is TCU in Fort Worth, so we'll be going back on the road next Friday to M&G Carter, uh, first time for this our crew to go there and uh, do our all of our stuff, so looking forward to that their post game is like a broom closet <laughs> actually no, that's <laughs> Texas Tech TCU, they do it, it's like, at least they yeah. used to it's like in the hallway it's the worst sound you've ever literally in the hallway people are just walking by you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember that it's like they put up a curtain, like that does anything and it's just literally full volume. it's the, I remember that. It's it ain't great. Let's say they've updated it. So that should be fun. I'm Let's, like
1: Gandalf, I have no memory of this. We'll this. complain about that next Saturday. So we'll talk about that then.
0: <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure and catch Wednesday's show. Like I said, wrapping up this one, looking ahead to TCU. You can catch that one, all the podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast. If you have an Amazon able device, just say Alexa play the All Sooners Podcast. Also post on our website. Allsterners.com. Click on the playlist on your phone, your tablet, or your computer. And, again, you can watch all these shows as well on who's YouTube page, John Hoover Media.
1: Please rate, share, and subscribe.
0: Yes, do that. Even comment, too. People come for our heads. and yes. You can't win. If we rip on OU, we're hating. If we give OU love, we're homers. There's no winning, but we appreciate the interaction anyway. Thank you so much for everybody who listens so and watches. It really does mean a lot. So there you have it. That's it. We'll catch you Wednesday, wrapping up. Press conference looking ahead to TCU. We're going to go get out of here in a little bit and go to bed. That's all for now. For Ryan Chapman and John Hoover, I'm Josh Calloway. We'll catch you guys next time.